Praise the Lord. God is good, isn't he? Is he wonderful? And Jesus is amazing. The fairest of 10,000. The rose of Sharon. The lily of the valley. The bright and morning star. He is wonderful. And it's so lovely. And uh, did you want to come and sing? I've said it now, haven't I? Yeah? Yes, you do. <laughs> I've been going through a big, big struggle the last four or five weeks. And uh, I've had to remind myself over and over again that above his name there is no other name. And through my struggles, he's there. And so I don't know if any of you are struggling or any of you have got concerns, but above his name there is no other name. <laughs> Above his name, there is no other name. The one who is eternally the same. There is no other name. The first, the last, beginning and the end. He was the king who made the common man his friend. There is no other name. Let every tongue proclaim and sing the name of Jesus. Magnify and praise the name of Jesus. No other name but Jesus. There is power in the precious name of Jesus. Jesus, Messiah, King of say, well, just say the three words and that will be enough. Indeed, the actual worship has been like a, a sermon in itself. It's been really good and I want to thank Joan and, uh, and Phil and John for, for such a, a wonderful time. 
It is here I am. I think they're the three of the most precious words that God loves to hear from the heart of every believer. Here I am. Full stop. End of sentence. And I'm just so aware of, of that being true in my own life. That I need to be a person, a here I am person, as far as God's concerned. In prison, when they have a mass move, when all the prisoners move around from, from their, their wings to various activities, they have a half an hour when the route which they travel is manned by officers and they put officers in strategic places um, so that they can oversee the movement of prisoners from wings to education or to the chapel or wherever they're going. And it's controlled from uh, a central um, um, radio uh, point. And uh, the one that's in charge of the move will say, Kilo 21, are you in position? Yeah, he's got a position to be in. And that there may be you know, 20 men that, and, and women that are going. To, so, to Quebec 19, are you in position? And the response is, I am in position. And when everyone is in position, mass move begins. They have to be in the right place at the right time. And really, they're saying, I'm ready for duty. Here I am, I'm in the right spot. And uh, I want to start by one of the saddest passages in Scripture. And it's from Genesis 3, verses 8, 9 and 10. And it's God's conversation with Adam. And Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Imagine the heart of God in all that he had done and all that he had created and all that he had provided and the day after day in the cool of the day he had walked with Adam and talked with him and they'd had this wonderful relationship and God was perfect in his love and care towards Adam and he says where are you you're not waiting for me anymore you're not in a place where I'd hope you'd be sometimes he says where are you Ian maybe where are you when you put your name on the end of that He's not saying, here I am. And it's true of, of a wonderful man of faith, Abraham. Abraham had struggled with his relationship. It had blown sort of hot and cold. When there was a famine in Canaan, he took a dive into Egypt, not under the instruction of God, but he went there because there was food there. 
And he lied about his wife, Sarah, to Pharaoh. He started pretending he was a, she was his sister and got into a, a real mess. Ten years later, no child, the promise of God. And he agrees to Sarah's plan to lay with Hagar, his maidservant, and begat a child, Ishmael. And when threatened later on by another king, once again he does the same thing and pretends Sarah is his sister. Each time God rescued him, and twice pagan kings were more righteous in their action than Abraham himself. God couldn't use him as he was. Abraham was a man of over 110 years old when, when you get to Genesis 22. Now it came to pass after these things, Genesis 22 verse 1, after these things he had sent Hagar away with Ishmael. He had put her out. Which was a really tough decision. But it was wrong that Hagar was there. She was never a part of this plan that he would be a father of a great nation that would bless all nations. He had to do that. But after he did that, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Here I am. I've actually, I'm in the right place and I'm wanting to hear from you. Say what you've got to say to me. Then he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took his, his young men with, with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burning the offering and arose and went to the place to which God told him. That's a huge thing. The very promise of God, the very son that he had been promised divinely by God through which his seed would become a nation that was, was, would, was greater than the stars in the sky and the sand, the, the sand on the, in, that he could see. Now let's attempt to suggest maybe there's another way. Maybe if I'd go and find Ishmael and take him up the mountain, not my beloved Isaac, surely not. Not, well, I'm sorry you've turned up today, God, but I had other plans for the day. I've got a full diary here. I've, I've got lots of stuff to be doing. Nothing. All of a sudden, it wasn't a God of his convenience. It was a God that was Lord and Master of all. Here I am is the response that God looks for from a people. Not what you want. You know, sometimes when someone keeps calling your name, eventually says, well, what do you want? It wasn't like that. Well, not, yes, God. 
it was, here I am. Here I am, I'm reporting for duty. I'm in my position. I'm your servant. It was an availability, an openness. A hand was not clinging to the past. He possessed nothing. He was totally surrendered to God. And God was to test him and ask him for the one he loved. Remember Carol said, when God uses me and it's meant that I couldn't retire or I've gone away or done something. God said to Carol that I am God's before I am Carol's. And that's been a real blessing to me because it's freed me. And this call to go to India, it came and I was out of the blue, a phone call from the pastor that I know in India said, would you come? And my, in myself I feel that no, but I wouldn't say no. I said, well, we'll pray about it. And I said, I must pray with Carol. And we, we prayed. And then all of a sudden, there were reasons why I, I didn't think I should go because at that time I, the, the, I had, prostate cancer and my PSA was going up and I, I didn't want to make all these plans and then find I couldn't go because I was being referred back to the hospital and I was about to have tests and then if the test said something then that would mean it could be a problem with, with going, my, my insurance might not be right or they might say don't go. So I was, I was sort of mixed up about this whole thing. But I wouldn't say no and then I went for the, the test and I had to have an MRI scan and I had to have a, um, a biopsy. And uh, so we prayed one morning and I, I, I went out in the, into the garden and there was a ring on my phone and I looked at it and there was a, an email from a, 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 an organisation, um, a mission organisation that I've got no dealings with at all. And it said... Mission India, this was just the, the little bit that comes up on, the, on the, the screen. Mission India, dear Ian, India needs you. This is like um, a half an hour after we prayed. Personally, dear Ian, India needs you. Full stop, end of thing. I, I say to Carol that I'm going and it's, it's, that's done. The hot, I, I'd had my MRI, um, uh, a biopsy done, and uh, I got a phone from the hospital saying, we've got your results, and I said, oh, what are they? They said, there's no sign of cancer. You are cancer-free. I'd had cancer for 10 years. And I'd had a, a number of biopsies, and it's always been there. And there were reason to think that it, it was there because my PSA was going up. But it wasn't there. I am cancer-free. And I believe, in a, in a way, it's all because I was encouraged to say, here I am, Lord. I trust you. And that's all God's looking for every one of you, to say, here I am. I trust you. This may not seem sensible. But here I am. And if you say it, I will do it. Even though it is against everything that I think I could do or should do. 
you know, when I, I said that, I was 75 years old. Now I'm 76 years old, and in a week's time we're going. And if anyone would like a little prayer card of what to pray about, they're, they're, they're on there afterwards. But, and, and the, the, the passage goes on. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took his knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! Called him by name again. And what was his reply? So he said, here I am. Again, exactly the same response to God. And he said, do not lay a hand on the lad or do anything uh, to him. And now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered up a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Hallelujah. Dare you believe that? Dare you believe that if you are open to God and just say, I am, I am here, say whatever you want to say, in whatever way, no matter what the cost, I believe and you will provide. That Abraham, Abraham was a double call of God. He calls Jacob, 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 when Jacob was preparing to go to Egypt. When his uh, his sons were there. And Jacob needed a confirmation that it was he who was to go. He said it to Moses. He said, Moses, Moses. He spoke out of a burning bush when he was about to call Moses to the greatest, greatest mission there was ever to be to take 600,000 men and their families out of Pharaoh's control in Egypt to the promised land. He says, Moses, Moses! And in a sense, Moses went and said, Here I am. He said it to Martha, Martha, Martha! You, you want to choose the better part. This is so important, Martha. Your heart isn't like your sister's. Will you allow it to be? He said it to Simon. Simon, Simon. Satan has wanted to test you as, 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 as chaff. There's no substance in you. And you're going to deny me. But when you return, you'll strengthen the brethren. You've got a mission, Simon. As weak as you feel. You are going to be a linchpin. You are going to be the rock on which I'm going to build my church. Would you believe it, Simon, Simon? How about Saul when he's, he's on his horse and he's, he's off to Damascus to get to arrest some Christians? What does God say to him? Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is not your life to persecute my people. Your life is to go into this world and preach the good news to the Gentiles and be an apostle of grace. 
Would you listen to me, Saul? Here I am is a confession that he is the Lord and I am available. And no matter what he asks of you, he will provide. Has he done that for you, Liz, with sunny days? When he, when he planted something in your heart? And time and time again, he's met your need that what, what was a task becomes a joy. He'll provide. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you, multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as a sand on which you sit on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Do you think some things don't happen because we don't obey his voice? We just expect him to do it. Bring revival. Do this, do that. Oh, we are here, I am people, taking God at his word. I will sustain you and rescue you. Are we ready for when the move, God moves in sovereign power? Or is it, let me first go and bury, let me first go and work. Let me first go and be with my wife that I've just married. Well, a few years ago. It's my day off. I've got other plans. I've got my life mapped out. This is a downright inconvenience, God. Let me have a conversation with you and get you to change your mind. The potential of just one person, you or me, or let alone a church saying, here I am, Lord, here we are, Lord. Speak to us. I want us to look at a story in 1 Samuel 3. The story of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days sort of similarities to this age. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli. How did he go to Eli? He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called you again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, Here I am for you called me. 
He answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, the voice of the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again, the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, You got it? For you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning the house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's sons shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offerings forever. So Samuel lay down until morning opened the door of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, and he said, What is the word the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Remarkable similarities to our nation. The word of the Lord was rare. Why? Primarily it was due to the religious establishment whose eyesight was dim, the lamp was flickering but not gone out. It was full of contradiction. Eli's two sons were priests. There was no discipline. They were contemptuous of the Lord's offering. They slept with women. They ate what they shouldn't eat. Eli honoured his sons more than he did God. The religious establishment was more fearful of man than it was of God. And yet a remarkable boy, Samuel, he ministered before the Lord under Eli. He was sincere, dedicated. His service was was more so because he he did not know the Lord, it said. He, He didn't know the Lord's voice. And yet he ministered to God under a man with his true service. There's no independent mentality of Samuel. Eli represents the religious order. His eyesight was dim. The lamp of God was dangerously flickering. He'd lost the vision. He'd lost contact with God. He could not see or hear from God. So God raises up a little boy who was willing to say, here I am. 
all was not lost because there was a child lying before the ark of God in the temple, the place of righteousness and truth. He lay there and he was waiting for the word of God to come. He knew where to wait and the Lord called Samuel and he replied, here I am, I'm available. Samuel thought it was Eli, but he he did not think that doddery old priest is midnight. And he, but he says, here I am. Total availability. A servant's heart. Whatever you want of me, I'll do it. God longs for such a people. Not just fit in with, with me. And Samuel ungrudgingly ran to Eli. Not in my time. Not stupid fool, couldn't he wait? Samuel ran. Ran. God loves such a person that responds now to the call of God. Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down and the Lord calls a second time. Here I am. You called me. No murmuring, no indignation. No contempt of the old. Why doesn't the old fool make up his mind? He doesn't call me. He does call me. I'm tired. Does he want me or not? I need my sleep. Samuel got up and went. And he said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. And damn it, Samuel could do nothing, it says, until the word of the Lord was revealed to him. Samuel had to wait, something that, that we, I, find difficult sometimes. Waiting can be an offence when we're impatient, we want now, an instant age, no disposition to wait before God. And yet waiting is at the heart of godliness. And the challenge for us, for me and you, is are we willing to be as a child? You know, we're quite sophisticated. We know a lot, don't we? Maybe we think we know more than we know. Maybe we think we've got God sort of worked out. Hmm. Eli tells Samuel to go and lie down. And if he calls, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Samuel went and lay down in his place. Not, it says in his place, not someone else's place, in his place. He was not willing to live off the experiences he had. An absolute obedience. And the Lord came and stood and called Samuel a third time. He was neither speechless or one filled with great oratory. He just spoke the words that Eli told him to speak. No independence. Not embarrassed by the words of an old man with with bad eyesight, with unruly sons. God is looking for someone like Samuel. Selfless humility, waiting in the right place for the word of the Lord to come. And what a word to wait for. A word of judgment given to a boy judging a religious system that was, was, was sick. 
Eli and his sons who refused to put the house in order. A child with no intellect, really humble, obedient and waiting. And Samuel lay trembling until the morning, frightened. Who is sufficient, trembling to speak the word, but more frightened not to speak it. At the moment a prophet was born. God longs for a people who are willing to hear. Samuel wasn't motivated, motivated by uh, sympathy, but God's word. And he says the word was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground. A prophet was born that changed the whole nation of Israel. Could there be someone here that could change a nation? Change Billericay? Change our household, our family? Because we dare to wait on a word to come and receive it and believe it? This is not a, a, a lovely little Bible story. There's a wonderful truth here. God needs men and women and children with a Samuel heart. At the very close, that I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. The faithful priest was Samuel. Would do what was in my heart and my mind, not his heart and his mind. Somehow, something from heaven has got to get in my mind and my heart and I need just to apply it and believe it and wow, the world could change. The Spirit of God restlessly looks for such a heart. Someone who dares to do that. Just dares. This morning, God's word comes, the light flickers in this country. The general church, over all, is weak and confused. It seems to have no voice in our nation. Who will speak for God? What is God saying? Samuel changed the nation. God asks us to be a Samuel people. Dare any of us say this morning those three words. What are they? What are they? Let's say in the plural. Here we are. Heaven rejoices if that came from our hearts. Let us pray and then we've got a song to sing. Father, I don't want my lukewarmness, my prejudice or my strong will to stand in the way of God's promises, Lord. Father, We want to go in the way your Spirit leads us, Father. 
we want to get into that river of life. We want to go in another thousand cubits, Lord. Father, so we're out of our depth and we flow with your Spirit, Lord. And Father, you take us wherever you want, whenever you want, and for whatever reason you want, knowing, Lord, that there will always be a ram in the thicket. You will always provide. You are such an amazing God, Lord. And Father, as best we can with the faith that we've got, we say, Lord, here we are, wholly available. As for me and my household, we choose to serve the Lord for your glory. Amen.